Live from Tully's. Two seconds to go. McNamara. It's gone! This is... Jerry Mack drops one on G-Town! Wait a minute. The Jerry McNamara Show. We're back here at Tully's on Erie Boulevard for another edition of the Jerry McNamara Show here on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. We're kicking off a double dip of coaches' shows tonight. We've got Alan Griffin standing by with Stephen Fonte and Mike Waters. They'll get underway at 8 o'clock, but until then, Jerry, we've got a, an hour here to talk uh, some SU hoops, and, and I'm sure we will uh, spend a lot of that time on Ty's battle. And, you know, you hear the, the Jerry Mack drops one on G-Town clip in, in the beginning, and, and Matt Park, of course, saying that on Ty's shot uh, on Saturday afternoon. When you see that kind of shot against that kind of team, what's, what's the reaction that, that goes through your mind knowing your playing career and your history against them? Uh it's funny watching Tyus do it. It's it's become pretty commonplace. Um, he's hit so many big shots in such a short span of time. Well, he's a junior now, but I mean, going back to right when he was a puppy, you know, as a as a freshman hitting the game winner against Clemson, we saw it in the Cornell game. He came up big when we needed him. Um, you know, so I've seen it. You know, when he pulls up for a shot in a crucial moment, you know, everybody I think feels pretty good about the situation. Um, and on a big on a big stage, it was funny as the intro was going. You know, I was thinking this that's actually a pretty appropriate introduction tonight. Um, you know, Tyus Battle drops one. You know, he did. I I was just proud of the fact that we were two different teams. In the first half, we were slow and had no rhythm, and in the second half, we were fast, pushing pace and playing in the open court, and that made us different. That's that's the team that I think we've been waiting to see uh, was the fast unit, the one that was pushing pace. I think Jalen Carey's done a terrific job when he's got in of advancing the ball, uh, giving guys like Tyus Battle, uh, Elijah Hughes in the open court, O'Shea opportunities to go. Frank's kind of still getting his feet wet. Um, but I was just really happy as, you know, you, you, you go at home and you, you go in the locker room down 13 and um, pretty lackluster first half. You know, but I remember getting the stat sheet, and we were 4 for 22 from the field. I remember we were down 8, and I said to Tyus, I said, we're down 8. We're 4 for 22. Like, we just got to settle in, settle in, settle in. And it took a lot longer. You know, I didn't expect to get down 13. I thought we were going to make that run a little bit earlier. But I remember sitting there, and as soon as the players left to go back out on the court, I was thinking of the 22 shots we've taken, probably 18 of them were good shots. Uh, we just hadn't made any, you know, and, and – you know, I've heard Coach Beheim say it a million times, when you make shots, it makes the game a completely different scenario. And it was the truth in the first half. We got some good looks that we weren't able to hit early. Mac McClung makes his first one. He hadn't been shooting the ball well. Of course, he makes the first one against us. Um, you know, so it just kind of took us a while, but we got there, you know, and, and our guys responded. Um, obviously, a lot's been made about the halftime, and, and Coach challenged our guys, and, and they responded. They came out with a different attitude and a different sort of intensity, and certainly they implemented that in the in, in the transition basketball. You know, there, there's a lot with ties, and we covered some of it earlier on Orange Nation, and I definitely want to circle back to it, but you mentioned there that you guys were two different teams, and in the second half, you know, you went out and, and they made shots and pushed the tempo. And the tempo thing is what I wanted to ask you about because a lot of people have, have called or tweeted or texted our our shows and said, why aren't they running more? Why yeah. aren't they getting out in transition? Is there a difference between playing up-tempo and playing, I guess, a crisper style and getting in transition, which it seemed like you did a little bit of both in the second half? 
Well, I think that's that's what we're trying to do is a little bit of both. I I think regardless of what happens on the defensive end, we could always initiate our offense quicker, and and we've worked on we've worked on that quite a bit. Um, you know, going into the game and even since uh, since our game on Saturday. So that's the team we ultimately want to be is is the team that initiates their offense quickly, um, where you can advance it, set the drag screen, and play basketball out of it. You know, we we spend so much time of working on reads. Now we have to put ourselves in position to create the advantage, the advantage to make the read. So when when you play fast and you play up tempo, it's more difficult to defend. And we were that group, I, you know. And I think that starts with Tyus. If you go back and watch the first half on the first or second play we had in transition, he had an opportunity to run the right wing, and he never got out. He just stayed and jogged, and two people ran by him. Whereas if he's sprinting, now I'm advancing in the pass diagonally and I'm forcing the left side of the defense to collapse to the right. And now as Tyus attacks, now he has the option, I might be able to collapse this and expose the left side of the court. So, you know, there's so many different things that we're trying to do as far as how we attack in the open court. But you have to put yourself in that position. In the second half, Tyus Battle played downhill. He played quick. He, he got out and ran. And that was the difference. You know, once he started getting going, it kind of fed everything else. So Elijah got a couple open looks. O'Shea steps back in the corner and buries a three. Um, you know, Pascal gets the dump down because everything is elevated, and now we got him on the move. So, um, you know, I I think that the big thing with Ty is, and, and, you know, he and I have talked about this a lot, is his pace. Never stand. And, and, and it's nothing against him, but sometimes he stands. You know, it's it, it's something that we're, you know, we're trying to break a little bit. Because when he gets out, he's he's so explosive and difficult to, to, to defend. And imagine defending Tyus Battle with a full head of steam, and he's got 12 feet of space to eat up before he gets to you. I mean, you're at the mercy of him, you know. And that's what he that's the guy he was in the second half. And when he's doing that, he's as good or better than any player in the country. Yeah, there are certain games where you know, to me, I'm, I'm watching and I say Tyus Battle can get wherever he wants yeah. on the court, and and it felt that way in the second half. Yeah, well, the great line to me was early on when you know I had something to say. A lot of times, you know, we'll get to our guys before they get to the huddle. Uh, on a timeout so I was going to meet Tyus I you know I had you know my two cents and and before I could even get it in coach (laughs) coach stopped him dead in his tracks and he goes hey you can't score against these guys you know like you know just that's the little jab you know and and Tyus's response crisp he was like oh I'm gonna score I'm gonna score so you know, I've, we've talked about this. You know, just two two guys being exactly who they are. One guy's challenging, the other guy's responding to you. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a good performance by Tyus. You know, and and when he gets going like that, and he, you know, the, the reality of it is, not all guys are are three level scorers. Not all guys are two way players, meaning offense and good defenders. And Ty can do all of it. You know, he could be a great defender and stretches when he's active and moves his feet and and commits to it he could be a three-level scorer consistently and explosive and go wherever he wants we've seen his assist to turnover numbers go way up to what they were last year so uh, again you know I think the the thing when you have guys that think about going to the NBA and come back it's you know you want to see improvement and you know we've seen his field goal percentage numbers goes up I think he's shooting it really he started poorly but he's shooting it well from the three-point line now and, you know, you see those assist-to-turnover numbers, they're not even comparable. So, 
we, we've seen this guy. He's gotten better every year he's been here. You know, I've talked a lot about him. He's a basketball guy. It's, he's a junkie. That's what he is. It's what he does. It's all he thinks about. Um, so it's it's nice to have a guy that's like that that can go out every night and on any given night be the best player on the court. How difficult is it to flip that switch and, and go from the first half where he scores five points to the second half where he's doing everything and scoring 21 and to a, you know along the similar lines, how difficult is it to score 21 points in a half of basketball? Like, well, What is that feeling like? It's good. <laughs> it's a good one. Um, yeah, you know, I think the thing is, especially with scorers, and Ty is an elite-level scorer, is sometimes you just need to see the ball go in once. You see it with shooters. Um, you know, you can hold them at bay for a long stretch, and all of a sudden they, they, they wham you with two or three straight because they just saw one go in. And I think that was Ty early. You know, it was, it was the mentality of I'm going to go where I want to go, and I'm going to score. And when he saw those first few and then the and one in transition with the left hand, that was the play that, you know, then then comes the mid-range pull-up. He hits a three. You know, now all of a sudden you got this dude scoring on every level. And, you know, he's impossible to deal with. So, you know, I think sometimes it's as simple as as, as just seeing the ball go in. And, and it might be work your, your way in, out, get an easy one. A lot, of, a lot of times guys say get to the free throw line, see if you can get to the paint and get draw contact and get to the free throw line, see the ball go in. And, um, that's exactly what he did. He, he, he was relentless in the open court. He put pressure on the paint and was able to finish a few and then draw a few fouls. So uh, once he did that and saw the ball go in and all of a sudden you see the, the score start to diminish and, and narrow and uh, you hear that crowd get a little bit louder and the anticipation of us about to take a lead, you know, it just feeds all the energy into what you already believe in yourself and uh, it's kind of the perfect storm. The and one, I don't know if you noticed this, but from where I was sitting, I noticed it very vividly. He kind of let out a yell as the, the crowd <laughs> the crowd yeah. did. Like It was like the perfect timing of he hits the shot, he gets the foul call, and he's just on the baseline and, and just he lets out a yell. Like It, it was like a, I don't want to say it was a relief, but it was like a feeling of like, I, I know I can do this, and, and I just made a big bucket, and the crowd started to get involved, and, and it felt like that really turned things around. Yeah, I, I, go back and, and, and watch all our players you know they did the same thing you know that's emotion and um the the one thing that i've always loved about the teams that we've coached is regardless of scenario they always compete uh we've had incredible kids and when when you're pushed against the wall and and things aren't going your way and you're not playing nearly as well as you should they never stop competing and that's when you see the emotion, you know. There, there, to me, there's a. I like the ugly win. I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. I think great teams can win ugly, meaning you don't play your best basketball, but you just find ways. You find ways to stick around, and you make it uncomfortable for a team that feels like they've controlled the entire game, and you just hang, 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 and all of a sudden, late in the game, you're right there, and the pressure's on the other side. You know, we we've put our, and we've had kids like that. You know, we we we've been lucky. Um, coach does a great job and I think it's kind of his mentality you know he's he ain't gonna give up on you and you know those kids are gonna fight till the end and you know the start of the second half they came out and played with that type of emotion and that's the type of emotion we need to come out and play with from the start 
Yeah, and, and we saw that in the second half for sure. And I, I want to get to Elijah Hughes and some of the other guys in, in a little bit. But since we're talking about Tyus so much, I want to ask you about that last shot because you're somebody who hit a, a lot of big shots. And, and so that mentality, and I, and I think I'll call it a fearlessness. I, yeah. I know a lot of people will say uh, what what it is. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I think in this situation it's a fearlessness, a, a, a willingness to take that shot and say, make or miss, I'm taking it. Yeah. How do you know if you have that feeling? And and Tyus clearly does. And the, and it, how do how do you know you have that feeling in a particular game or just as I a mean player? I guess in general because it, it feels like guys have it, it. It's not a one game thing, right? It's, right? it's like you either have it or you don't. Yeah, I, I, I'd feel confident if he hadn't made a shot all game, taking the last second shot. Um, we talked a little bit about this this afternoon. You know, I, I'm a I, I do believe in people fear they fear failing. And, and certain guys, they do not want to be in that situation. They don't want the, the pressure of, well, I missed, and now well, everybody's going to say it's my fault. Where I know I thought the other way. I thought I wanted to win, you know, and I was okay with if it was on me. You know, I, I gave you the, the, the flying analogy. I hate to fly because my life is in somebody else's hands. Now, right. I don't care if it's safe or not. You know, obviously it's statistically safer but it's just that uncomfortable feeling of someone else you know has they have control of things and uh you know i think i think the guys that like tyus you know he he wants that type of scenario he's okay going home at night if it's on him you know he's willing to live or die with with his with his decision and um I like that. You know, I like that. I, you know, it's it's the difference between, like I said earlier, fear of failure and the the thirst for success. You know, that craving for a win. And um, I think Ty fits that bill. I think I think a lot of our guys do. To be quite honest, I think I think quite a few guys. You know, Frank's taking big shots. O'Shea's taking big shots. Marek's made big plays in big moments. And Jalen Carey made a big shot as a freshman last game. So. Um, you know, we've we've been very, very lucky that we've had a guy that you can quote-unquote call a closer for us in Tyus Battle, who also happens to be a 20-point scorer. That ain't bad either. So um, it's nice to see, you know, one of your best players at the end of the game kind of take control and say, all right, we're going to be okay. Is that something you can notice when you're out recruiting a kid, when, when you're watching a kid in high school? Because, I mean, Tyus comes in, he hits that shot. The one that I'm thinking of is the Clemson game. You know, you yeah. come in, you hit big shots your freshman year. Is, right. is that something that you can tell when you're watching somebody in high school? You can say, all right, that that's that kid's got something about him at the end of games. Yeah, I think, you know, if you see him enough, you know, obviously you can go and recruit, and anybody can say, wow, that kid's really talented. Um, but if you see him enough, you know, we've, we've recently recruited a guy who, uh, you know, has a history of winning. Um, you know, I know, I know one of the things, like even when I was in school, you know, I played in three state championships as a, you know, three out of four years. My junior year, we didn't go, uh, lost in the semis, if you were wondering, you know, so, I was. <laughs> you know, and then I think on the AAU circuit, we get a chance to watch these guys in some really high level competition games and, uh, get to see how they kind of perform down the stretch of things when things get tight. Um, do they make the right basketball play? You know, not it might not necessarily be a game-winning shot. You know, it might be a loose ball. It might be a great defensive play, uh, because not all great plays are made offensively. You know, Marek proved that the other night. Um, you know, there's there's so many different things throughout the course of a game that you can consider a, a winning play, and uh, certainly late in the games, we try to you know we try to you know we try to pay as, as much attention to it as you can. I think you get I think you get more of a feel too when you watch a high school game. 
um, as opposed to an AAU game. And it's it's hard for us a lot of times, you know. But the the great thing is the relationships you have while you're recruiting a kid. You get updates on every night. How did it go? And then you talk to the coach, and the coach tells you how he played. And um, yeah, you know, a lot of times you can kind of build a resume and. Um, you know get a file on well you know he's been pretty good in these certain scenarios and when they've played the best teams he's done this and um, yeah 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 absolutely you know but I think the one thing that separates everything is is the self-confidence piece I'm a big believer in that Uh, when you recruit kids of you know as opposed to the guy that's a you know coach do you think I could do this this and this as opposed to the guy who's saying man when I get there I can't wait you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna bust my hump and you know do this, this, and this. You know, I don't I don't want the guy asking me if I think he could do it. You I want the guy. You. Yeah, I want him, and not 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 you know, just confidently, not not in a cocky sort of way, like where I take it as, listen, son, you haven't done anything yet in your life. You know, you haven't you haven't even played on this stage yet. You know, just the guy that wants to come in and work and get it done. You know, those are the type of mentalities that we try to recruit good kids with great work ethics that are very self confident. We're talking with Jerry McNamara here. This is the Jerry McNamara Show on ESPN Radio. We're live at Tully's on Erie Boulevard. Come on out and hang out with us until 8 o'clock. We'll have trivia coming up in a little bit. Uh, you can sign basketball, Tully's gift card as well. Let's take our first time out. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Tully's, this is the Jerry McNamara Show. Back here on ESPN Radio and live at Tully's on Erie Boulevard, Jerry McNamara Show. Seth Goldberg with you to uh, take you through. Uh, 315-437-7644 is the telephone number. If you'd like to get on the air and uh, get involved, ask GMAC a question. Uh, we've got this villanova Penn game on the air. Penn, uh, I mean, just hitting contested... Uh, they're up on Villanova. I'm, I'm I'm flustered right now. Villanova trying to fight back. I'm surprised. When you look up and you see a game at the Palestra of Villanova and a Philly team, you expect to see uh, Nova in the lead. Uh, that's for They've sure. They've been unstoppable in these big five <laughs> games over the last five, six years. Yeah, they haven't lost a game. They've won. Uh, they've won 25 in a row, which that's is incredible. just a, a remarkable number. Uh, but Jerry, get, getting back to Saturday's game, you know, you you mentioned in the second half just being a different team. Uh, you scored 50 points, yeah. and, and obviously Ty's had a big hand in that. He scores 21. Uh, but Elijah Hughes had a stretch where he was four out of five from the field, including three out of four from three. Uh, O'Shea Brissett hit some big shots. Jalen Carey hit the big one at the end. It, it seemed like everybody was feeling just so much more comfortable in the game in the second half. I think Ty kind of eased that. You know, once you have that guy that you know you're going to try to lean on, go out and be that guy, I think it kind of takes the pressure off. You know, so now that step in three that Elijah takes might not be, you know, as, you know, big a shot as you, you know, if, if we're struggling like the first half. You know, every shot we took in that four for 22 stretch, when you miss six or seven straight, the eighth one, a little pressure on that. You know, you got to get, you know, got to get over the hump like we talked about earlier. So, you know, once Ty kind of got going, everybody else kind of just settled in. You know, it was like Elijah pulled up and I'm just sitting there like, that's good. You know, O'Shea pulls up and I'm like, that's definitely going in, you know. As opposed to the first half. So, you know, we just kind of caught that rhythm where we found a nice, smooth uh, balance between our transition game and our half-court execution. And, you know, we saw it in a stretch, I thought, in the Ohio State game on the road, which is important. you got to be able to execute on the road. And um, But when Tyus gets going like that, um, you know, and then you add in, you know, we we saw it last year with Ty, Frank, and O as, as our main scorers. 
and Frank hasn't really gotten going yet, which, you know, you would hope to think and, you know, assume that he does. You know, it's, it's more of a health thing than, than anything. But you still have those three guys. Marek is a significantly improved shooter, like we saw at Ohio State, in my opinion, won us the game. Um, you know, Pascal is an improved offensive player. Jalen Carey's capable, but he hasn't hit his his stride yet, but he's as good a shooter as I've been around. So we have the offensive pieces, you know, to, to kind of explode a little bit. I think Elijah Hughes is a big, a big part of that. I, I You know, I... He still hasn't, you know, we saw it, and we've seen it in stretches, but he still hasn't put it all together. He's, he's, he could still go off the bounce a little more, get to the free throw line, create some plays. Um, he's kind of settling for the three. Uh, but this guy, like we talked about, Tyus being the three-level guy, Elijah Hughes could be that big, physical, strong kid who's fast and can handle his move in the second half the other night, the behind-the-back step back. Um, I don't know if you're making that move or I'm making that move. You know, he's, I'm definitely yeah, not. <laughs> I want. I would have made it like 15 years ago. You know, not tomorrow. So he's just special. He's we're we're still scratching. You know, we're 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 trying to put it all together. You know, it's 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 funny to contrast it to last year. And you put up 50 points and a half. There were games last year where it was it was a struggle to scratch yeah. and claw to 50. And for the <laughs> most part, on Saturday, 49 t- against Notre Dame. <laughs> exactly. You know, for for the most part, on Saturday, it was you know the four guys who played a lot of minutes last year, and Frank, Tyus, uh, O'Shea, and Pascal. Mm-hmm. And then it was Elijah Hughes. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm curious. Uh, just how big a difference and, and how big a game changer it is to have another guy of that offensive skill set. Where last year you didn't have that as your fourth, uh, well, as your fourth or fifth guy. You have another guy that could hit what? He hit four threes the other night. You know, he. You have another guy that could handle it. You have another guy that can create the, you know, create something to the paint to make a play, whether it be for himself or somebody else. Uh, something to the rim that he could either finish or get fouled. A guy that's lethal in the open court. We've seen him sprint the lanes. I thought a couple times, even though, even though it was Tyus kind of, you know, w- was the one that scored and, and he was getting the credit for it. I thought a lot of times it was Elijah Hughes sprinting the left wing that helped create that type of play. You know, when, when you run the lane, you draw attention. They have to make a decision: Do we collapse all the way to the paint, or do I have to respect that this three-point shooter is running this lane? So, you know, he could do a lot of different things for us, but. The fact that you have another guy that can make multiple threes, number one, stretches the court. Number two, gives you another, obviously, another three-point shooter, um, but but just does wonders for your spacing on offense. But when he makes shots and makes plays, it's it's a big difference in our offensive production. You know, how, how much of a different player is he now than what he got here yeah. as? Or, or is this kind of what you expected out of him when he came in, in as transfer? I think if you asked him... Uh, if you asked him this question, I, I I would assume it would be how much lower he plays. Um, you know, one of the things that we really work on, and I do it kind of every every time I get a new crop of guys, a, a freshman, you know, we'll work on our angles. You know, how do I attack an angle and then try to eliminate the defender? And we'll 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 work we'll work on our leverage of how we attack that angle and. I think the big thing with E was when he came in, he played a little bit elevated. So everything, if it was a hesitation, it was the, I'm just going to stand up and cradle the ball, and now I'm going to make my move. Well, the problem with that is at this level, everybody's kind of fast and strong. So if you elevate like that and you make your move, and I call it the chicken wing, if I can get up underneath your rib cage and chicken wing your arm out, I'm underneath you. I have the leverage. I can dictate your next, your next dribble. So, um, you know, I think the big thing was him was playing low, playing with his leverage, and... and 
being the kind of guy that initiates the contact, the guy that, like, I, I played with the greatest one, Melo. You know, I remember people saying after they played against Carmelo Anthony, like, they were sore, you know, because of what he did to you offensively. And Elijah's got that type of capability to punish people offensively when he has an angle. We've seen him pick up a couple charges, but I love the fact that he's trying to work on the aggression level of eliminating somebody. So uh, I think that's the big thing with him is he's playing a lot lower. Uh, he's improved his jump shot. He's improved his ability to handle and make reads in the pick-and-roll game, which we haven't put him in a lot of those situations. But you know, we, I've seen him over the last year and a half and quite a bit in practice doing that. And um, he, he, He's gotten better. Uh, I thought he had a great summer this year. You know, I, I, I've said that before. He's, I always say he had, a, he had that summer, you know, that summer. And, you know, I've watched a lot of guys have that summer. I watched Michael Benajay have that summer. I watched Michael Carter-Williams have that summer, Trevor Cooney. I've watched a lot of guys have a summer where you know coming into the season that they were prepared, that they did everything. Um, and I felt like Elijah had that. You know, he had a really, really good summer, productive. He was he was incredibly focused. I remember telling him how proud of him I was because how focused he came uh, to work this summer. And, um, again, I still think he can get a lot better. That's 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 the beauty of what we do. We, you know, try, constantly trying to improve. So you say you think Elijah can get a lot better. You know, we, we haven't talked about Frank, but he can presumably get get a lot better from I where he so. is right now. <laughs> uh, you know, you say Buddy can improve as well, and, and Marek is a better player than he was last year. You know, in the second half, you shot 60% from the field. You yeah. shot 50% or, or thereabouts from three. And you scored 50 points. Do it two uh, halves. Okay, is, Do it in the Well, first that's what half. I was going to say. What What is the ceiling then for this team? You know, or, or what's or what's a level of offense that that you think is is attainable if there's still room to grow off of that? Well, I, you know, I think realistically, 50 points is you know it's a lot. Um, I think we're at 72 points per game. You know, coach talked about this a little bit this week. There's there, there's no reason why we shouldn't be in the 77, 76, 77, 78 range. Um, we, we you know we think that's manageable. Uh, with the weapons we have and if we play at the pace we played at you know and certainly in the second half yeah it's attainable it's absolutely attainable um you're going to speed the game up a little bit but we're also going to create some more step-in shots some more opportunities to attack the rim and get to the free throw line uh, attack the rim and create a foul and get and ones um yeah i I think the big thing, you know, the high ceiling for this, I, I agree with Coach. I think I think we could easily, if we play with that type of pace and that type of tempo like we did the other night, yeah, you know, I, I think there's some nights that you could talk about an offensive explosion. I think 50 is, is a little bit much, but if you're talking about 45 and 45 for 90, yeah, I think that's attainable, you know, every now and then when we, when we make shots. And then if you're not having the type of shooting night you have, you're in that 75 to 80 range, you know. Um, and with our defense, you should hope, you know, when, when you talk about what we did last year, I mean, we weren't near as, as, as good offensively without the pieces that we have this year, last year. So, um, you know, I think that's what we've tried to harp on with this group, especially after New York, is hold, hold the phone a second. Don't lose sight of why you guys made it to the Sweet 16 last year. It was because you were a good defensive team. It was by no means what you did offensively. So... Let's hang our hat on this end. We'll continue to get better on that end, and we'll work on some things. But we're not going to win games when we're giving up 50 and 40. 50 from the field, 40 from the three. I mean, that's that's those are numbers that historically aren't good for us. So um, it, it's finding that, that perfect balance. And hopefully as we move forward here, and we have some really good non-conference games coming up 
Old Dominion, who's won five straight coming in. Um, we have some really good games to work on us and still get tested, you know, still play teams that can beat you. Um, so it's going to be, hopefully, as we move forward, steps and steps and steps to get to be that complete team where you're doing it efficiently and consistently every night on both ends. You mentioned Old Dominion. There's also Buffalo next yeah. week, who's a you know a top 20 team in the AP poll. St. Bonaventure, Saint Bonaventure coming up, uh, who came, as you said, came into the Dome last year and, and won uh, and beat you guys. So there, there are quite a few games still left on this non-conference slate. And then, of course, uh, you open up at, at, in South Bend at, at Notre Dame for the uh, ACC opener in a little less than a month. So a lot of big games coming up uh, for the team and for this program. Uh, 315-437-7644 is the number to call if you'd like to join us on the Jerry McNamara Show. Uh, let's ask a trivia question. We, we've got a basketball here that Jerry will sign. We've got a uh, gift card here for Tully's. Uh, if you are here at Tully's, there are cards on your table. You can fill it out and drop it off uh, with your answer to our trivia question. Uh, look, I, I want to give prizes away, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it a little easy, and I'm going to say uh, since that trip to New York, Syracuse has not lost a game. How many games in a row? have they won so how many what is the winning streak right now for syracuse if you know the answer fill out the card on your table bring it up we got a box uh and you could win a tully's gift card and a signed basketball uh here at the jerry mcnamara show let's take a time out we'll come back with more after this on espn radio live from tully's this is the jerry mcnamara show Back here on the Jerry McNamara Show. If you're here at Tully's, there's still time to get in your answer for our trivia question. We asked, uh, how long is the winning streak that Syracuse is riding right now? If you've got the right answer, you could win a Tully's gift card and a signed basketball. So bring your answers up. Uh, we will close that out at the end of this portion of the show. We'll pick our answer during our next commercial break. Uh, Jerry, we talking about that game on Saturday and, and the guard play and the tempo uh, it factored so much into the second half of that game uh, so I, I guess it, it's time to talk about the point guard position and, and where Frank Howard is coming back from injury you know I, I think there were some encouraging signs in the yeah. first half but what did you see and how the coaching staff read that yeah I agree with you you know I, I, I think I think the next the next phase other than obviously making shots is touching the paint and we saw him when we needed a basket he got in the paint and made a little runner um more more of a layup than a runner um but that's that's what we want to see we want to see him getting comfortable attacking again and getting to the paint and breaking defenses down and um he's done, i thought he's done a good job of kind of dictating the offense since he's come back um he just hasn't been able to you know, get himself going. He hasn't been able to knock down the open shot. He had a great look for a step-in trail three early in the game Saturday and wasn't able to knock it down. Those are the ones that he shoots as well as anybody on our team. And um, So it's a great, when, when, when I work with him, it's a great teaching point. We do a certain drill where we go back and forth, and Frank's always at the top. <coughs> Excuse me. And I say to him, you have to understand why you always do the best in this drill. It's because of the momentum of you carrying to the rim. Every time you shoot, your momentum is going toward the rim. Um, so we focused on that a little bit more the last week or so of making sure he's on balance. Everything is forward, forward finishes, and um, not leaning or drifting or fading. Um, but I, I was encouraged. I was. It, regardless if he ever makes a shot, if he ever touches the paint, if he ever makes a play, 
He's always been active defensively and, again, came up with a huge deflection and steal the other night. Gets a tip, and we get the steal uh, late in the game. Um, but it'll come. Eight, nine weeks uh, of non, non-court. It's a long time for, for these guys. And, you know, a couple months of not touching a basketball, being able to move on that foot and attack and move the way you're so accustomed to moving. Um, it takes some time, so we're, we're you know we're hoping over the next few weeks that he gets going again full full strength. You know, it, it was a re- a weird realization for me, and and I don't know if you or or the rest of the staff saw it this way. He got called for the charge in the first half, and I was kind of like, all right, he didn't make a shot, mm-hmm. and he got called for an offensive foul, so you don't want that. But like, could that have been a turning point where he got up and he was like, legs all right. I ran into somebody like like think like at least mentally something maybe clicked and he was like, "Hey, I'm all right. I can go do this and be myself again." I guess I think he you know he the the difference is he's done that you know he's done that in practice so you know I think now it's just about seeing the ball go in, getting in the paint a few times more and putting it in the basket you know a little bit of rest as far as a day off here or there you know a week in between games. Uh, work on your conditioning get the speed of the game back um he did shots yesterday but shots everything was out of a set um so he had to do a couple cuts a couple moves before you even get to the shot it wasn't just shots so uh everything was out of an offensive set to get him accustomed to playing at the pace of what we're going to be playing at so um he's he's gone in there a couple times and gotten contact in practice um so i don't think it was necessarily the game the other day that you look at that scenario I think it's about seeing the basketball go in, about the conditioning get better. Uh, Those are the things that we're going to work on and try to get it back to up to speed. So it's like what we talked about with Tyus earlier. Shot, shot one, two goes in at the beginning of the second half, and then you you feel better. So I think the conditioning piece is bigger. I, I think this, this particular week where we have a week in between games is important for him because now you can, you can work on your endurance, um, at an extended period of time and and. It won't it won't cost you the next day in a game if you're physically exhausted. So um, this is where we get to test it a little bit and and start to push the the boundaries of what he's used to right now and uh, break a few barriers. And as we get ready for Saturday, hopefully that wind is going up going up a little bit and that shot feels a little bit smoother because you're you know you're not as tired from going up and down a few times. So I think that's really what it's about is just get him getting his reps, getting his legs back under him underneath him and. Uh, getting back out there at full strength. And then, of course, Frank did have some foul trouble, so Jalen Carey got a lot of minutes and, and played a, a lot, made a big shot, blocked a big shot, yeah. uh, you know, in, in succession there late in the game. Uh, what do you see out of Jalen, and, and how comfortable is he pushing the tempo? Because when he was out there, it seemed like yeah. you guys were moving a little bit faster. We played at a fast pace. He, The one thing he does better than anybody is advance it. He advances the ball he gets the ball and he's always looking up the court he's always looking up the court to try to throw it ahead and the one thing he also does too is when the ball's not in his hand he doesn't stand he's he's cutting through he's getting to an open spot and then when he catches it he's usually on the go because he's relocated so i've been i've been really happy with him even if you look back um in the cornell game you talk about some of buddy's open shots were created from jalen if you go back to the first half of the Georgetown game, a couple of Elijah shots, even though he didn't make them, were created by Jalen. Um, he's getting into the paint. He's making plays off the dribble, getting into the paint under control and making good reads. And he, The defensive side of the ball from where he started to where he is now is not even comparable. 
And the block that he made the other day, he made in the Cornell game, I'm sorry, the Northeastern game against Jordan Rowland. So we've seen him do that twice now. So he's getting there. You know, I, I think the next step for him, there's a couple of them, but I think the, the, the next two are when you get in there, you need to protect it because a couple times he's gotten in the paint and he's at the rim and he shows the ball back to the defender that he just eliminated. So you got to protect the basketball when you get in there and expect that once you go by somebody, that's an ego thing. You go by me, I'm coming for the ball. You know, you just went by me, I'm going to try to grab it off you. So you you can't allow as an offensive player the defender to get back in the play after you've already eliminated him, and he's done that a few times. And then obviously the second thing is continue to work on the jumper, and he's worked really hard on that. So I was really happy for him to make the, 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 the important shot the other night. He had missed two previous open shots. One that was the air ball led to a three the other end. Um, which was a big swing, you know, so um, This kid is he's really talented and he's got a nose for the ball. He's rebounded as as well He's 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 rebounded it better than any of our guards better than any of our guards over the last few years um, he goes in puts his nose in there and goes after the basketball and um, This kid's got a bright future. He's a good player. He's got his head on straight. He's 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 willing to work and he plays the right way. He plays hard, you know, he plays hard and he plays unselfish and um I like being around this kid. He's He's got what it takes. He's going to put in the work, and, and he's going to continue to get better. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure fans are, are liking what they saw uh, out of Jalen on, on Saturday and looking forward to seeing more out of him uh, as this year and, and his career uh, progress here at SU. Let's take our final time out. When we come back, we'll wrap things up with Jerry. We'll get a scouting report of Saturday's game on ESPN Radio. Live from Tully's, this is the Jerry McNamara Show. Wrapping things up at the Jerry McNamara Show here at Tully's on Erie Boulevard. We will, uh, we're with you for about five-ish more minutes, and then we're going to pass things off to Alan Griffin, Stephen Fonte, and Mike Waters. They are on Attilio's. They'll be there from 8 to 9 uh, so that they can get the Alan Griffin Show uh, going. It's the first one out on location for Griff. So. The Pinky Show. <laughs> the pin- it's Pinky. <laughs> Yes, you well, you made you made Griff tell the story of yep. the pink tees off yep. off the fir, off the bat on his first show, yep. uh, but he gets out of the comfort of his of of our studios and and out into the uh, out into the the the, the public with, with his show tonight. Uh, so we'll be listening to that on our way home. Uh, we do have a winner on our trivia contest. Uh, John sitting right here uh, near us at the bar. John is going to be our winner, so he gets a Tully's gift card and a signed basketball by Jerry. Uh, and, uh, Jerry, I, I do want to wrap up the show looking forward. We did a lot of looking back uh, on that second half on, on the end of that game. But you mentioned earlier there are quality opponents still yeah. ahead, whether it's Buffalo, St. Bonaventure, or Saturday when Old Dominion comes in. You say riding a five-game winning streak. Yeah. Uh, what's the what's the view, what's the scouting report of this team coming in uh, this weekend? Well, watching them, I think that, you know, I watched the first few games of them, and, and you know, I'm thinking this team's – good defensively and then i then i look at the statistics and in the ken ken palm rankings they're number one in the country in two-point field goal percentage defense so i think you know a lot's been made about virginia's defense with the you know pack line and you know everybody touching the paint and you're not going to get to to the rim easily it's similar i think these guys do a really good job of packing the paint when you get in there and making sure that they stay in front um and then on the off, offensive side of the ball, the kid Caver, Ahmad Caver, their point guard is averaging 19 a game. B.J. Stith is averaging 17 or 18 a game. Who are their two main guys offensively? But kid Xavier, Xavier uh, Green that plays the three for them 
when he plays well offensively, it's like us last year. It gives you that difference, the difference maker. But um, Caver and Stith are terrific. Stith finished with uh, like 24 and 14 or 28 and 14 against Fairfield the other night. And it's it's rare when you see a guard be your leading rebounder. And the kid Stith is averaging almost nine a game, maybe ten a game now after the last game. So. Um, when I watch them, I think of toughness. They play tough. They play physical. Um, they're they're kind of a grind you out team. Um, so obviously, I've gone over their you know what they're going to run against the zone and and how they'll try to attack us. And um, these guys are talented. And if you allow the kid Caver from the point guard position to touch the paint and kick out to guys like Stitt, they have a kid Marquise Godwin who comes in off the bench who really really shoots it. Um, if you allow a kid like Caver to get it to those guys open, you're in for a long night. If you play with these guys in front of you and contest and um, play actively and, and force them into contested shots, you know, I like where we are. You know, I like where we are against everybody when we play as capable as we are defensively. So um, these guys, like you said, they're a quality opponent. Um, they can come in and, and give you give you fits and we're going to have to be ready to play, certainly not the way we played in the first half against Georgetown. You know, we know Buffalo is going to be there at year-end. They're going to be a, a tournament-caliber team, maybe yeah. even an at-large team they could be, you yeah. know, coming out of their conference. We know Bonaventure is always that caliber as well. Old Dominion feels like one of those teams yeah. that's always right up at the top of their conference, and if they're not winning the tournament and getting that automatic bid, they're right there. I, I, don't, I don't see why they wouldn't be there this year. Um, Caver, you know, and, and Stitt, those guys are veteran guys. Um, and on any night, either one of those guys can give you 30 and are capable of carrying you on any night individually. So when they defend like they're capable of defending, and if they get that third or fourth scoring option with a green or Godwin who had, I think, 14 points last game on his or the previous game on his ability to shoot from the perimeter, it makes them different. So they're, they're a good team. Um they're not to be taken lightly. Uh, they're very, very well coached, and you know there's a lot to be said for momentum. And they're they're like us. They're riding a little bit of a wave right now, and they're going to come in here ready to play. They've played some quality opponents, and uh, they're going to come in here like Northeastern. I thought we did a great job from the start of that, of making sure that we took them incredibly seriously. And it's going to be very similar in this old Dominion game. We got to come in here with the mentality of these guys. Not only are they good, but they're coming here thinking they can take you down. So uh, let's come out and be ready to play tonight. Yeah, they, they certainly can. They're, they're a good team coming in Saturday. It should be a good one. Tuesday should be a good one. Uh, really, the, the rest of the way, there, there should be a lot of uh, very good games here uh, for the Orange as they make their way through the back end of the non-conference schedule and into the ACC slate. Uh, Jerry, it was a pleasure as always. We, we aren't going to talk again until after that Notre Dame game. It's, it's going to be a little while. Well, hopefully we still haven't lost and uh, we're riding that wave still. Yeah, we hope so. That, that five-game winning streak, it would yeah. be nice if that extends <laughs> to something like 10 or It'll be the next trivia question. Something like that. Exactly. We can use the same trivia question uh, when we're back here in about a month. So that does it for us here at Tully's. Uh, Thanks to everybody at Tully's for for helping us out and having us set up. Uh, Thanks to TJ, our engineer, for getting us on the air, and Tommy back in the ESPN Radio studios. The Alan Griffin Show coming up next from Atilio's here on ESPN Radio.